once again, everybody. Welcome to episode 48 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. Same old hosts. If you're looking for something different, you're not going to get it. I'm Trav Ness Friend. That's Alex Ness Drunk. Although, I've been throwing a little more Ness out there lately. This is actually going to be a Ness-heavy episode. Thank God for that, because anything did not talk about Zool, which is the <laughs> video I did on Tuesday. Isn't that the villain from the Ghostbusters? I, it, it is. Uh, different spelling. I think that's ah. Z-U-U-L. Or maybe it's like uh, Z-U-L-E, Zool. No, I, I think know. it's two U's. <laughs> I think they use the old the, the classic W there. Well, Zool, Z-U-L-E makes me think of Zune, which makes me laugh. And that, right. and if I laugh, I feel better. So. You probably still use Zune, don't you? <laughs> no, I still use Winamp. Oh, right. And, uh, that's yeah, better. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do still have my original iPod from like 2006. Still work? It's... It's a yeah. It's I used to have a um, uh, in my Ford Focus uh, a uh, at one of those FM things that you plug into the mm. um, uh, cigarette lighter. Yeah, like the little tuner thing that gets the, the tuner yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, and it plugs into my iPod, and um, yeah, you know, there's like a really shitty version of of uh, Puzzle Bobble on there, and <laughs> you still use that <laughs> in your games. car. Yeah, it, wow. it's still in my car, I think. Um, that's that's, cool. that's my old car. I, I do have a newer car <laughs> but, that has, like, you know, Bluetooth and all that. But, Fancy. Um, but <laughs> even then, I'm, I'm an old man because um, I, I'm still... I, I remember pointing a, a few nights ago, or I guess it was a few weeks ago now, I pointed out that uh, I put MP3s on my phone, like some <laughs> sort of heathen. Yeah, and everybody. Everybody was like, "Okay, old man," and I was like, "What?" Like that. I thought that's what you do, but no. Apparently, what you do is you sign up for some sort of streaming service. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I did that with SiriusXM, and I'm like, "Eh, screw that." Now you got to get that Spotify, man. Although they don't, eh. they're not sponsoring the show, I'm not endorsing them. This isn't. Th- th- we didn't bring up Zool to get to a long ad about Spotify, you, you'll, but you'll never get that free Spotify T-shirt, no matter how hard you try. Try. I'm sorry. Probably not, true. Even though we are on Spotify. We are. If you, you find us listen, on Spotify. Yeah. You have to, hello to all you out there listening on Spotify. I, that's right. I, I don't know what a Spotify is, but no, that's not true. I know what it is. But <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that I put MP3s on my phone like a geezer and Zool is a, is a bad game. And, right. And um, that, 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 that's where we started. But um, where we were going was NES. I did a, I did a game called uh, Ultimate Stuntman. Although you could maybe transcribe that and be, you know, you might misread the title because it's kind of goofy looking and the cover's insane looking and it, it, you might think that's the guy's name. It's like Ultimat stunt, Stuntman, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> Stuntman, like it make him sound like a running back at Oklahoma or something like that. <laughs> Four yards from Stuntman. <laughs> that, you know, you're right. You're right. Anyway. And he, yeah. I, I don't know how ultimate this guy is. I mean, nah, he could have just I mean, been Stuntman. That's yeah, already I mean, kind of cool. To be the ultimate Stuntman and you're killing dudes. It's one of those games that's super ambitious. Uh, and you're not even killing dudes. You're killing like crash test tummies or something. I don't know what these enemies are. And it's a bunch of weird crap. And Maybe that you know, makes sense. Maybe it's movie set props because he's a Stuntman. Uh, he's the ultimate yeah. Stuntman. He's not the ultimate, you know, uh, contract killer. Yeah. He's he's just doing stunts. Just <laughs> but doing the thing stunts. is though is that the the um the story is that you're you're coming after this guy named uh, Doctor Evil, uh, which coincidentally is the name of a uh, somewhat famous character 
uh, that people may or may not know. And what's weird is that the story is supposed to take place in 1997, and that's when Austin Powers came out. So. Oh. Very strange or not, but... Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. so... Uh, but yeah, no, the game tries its little heart out, but it's just not good. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crappy. But you did Fist of the North Star. What did, what did you... And that's not, that's not the only Fist of the North Star. It's Fist of the Minnesota North Stars? Sure. It's that's a, a hockey, hockey joke. Game. Yeah. No, yeah. I I sadly got it. I'm sorry I didn't laugh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Fist of the North Star based on the anime, uh, which was popular in the 80s, um, about a guy that can punch real good. Real good punching. Blow a guy right up. And uh, yeah, the oh, game you, is... you started that sentence very, very pretty conspicuously there. You, you started with a blow a guy and then ah, up. Up. Yeah. Man, and I was, I was like, oh, up, up. And the uh, kick, save, and abuse, <laughs> as, as they say. In the, in, in the, in the hockey. Yeah. To make another uh, Michael, Mike Myers <laughs> reference, uh, put a little emphasis on the wrong syllable there. And uh, told you. <laughs> there we go. But, but yeah, I, you know, I don't have a big issue with this game. It's very simple. You walk left to right, you punch guys, they explode. It's it's just one of those that it's so simple. It's maybe a little bit painful, but I could I could I, honestly play the first stage over and over again and just watch guys explode. There's just something cathartic <laughs> about playing a beat 'em up where guys explode. Yeah, that's cool. Um, have you played Shatterhand? Because it's kind of the same yeah, deal. That's true. Yeah. Shatterhand's a thousand times better but yeah yeah it's it's uh i got the same kind of vibe where it's like yeah why have a weapon or a projectile when you can just use your fist Mm -hmm. and sure and just make people explode inexplicably so yeah that makes a lot of sense pretty fun anime though have you seen the anime oh god like a million years ago i don't remember it at all yeah it's not it's not bad i watched uh, the first season i do my homework since when does trav watch animu a little bit here and there. A little bit yeah, here and not, there. A dabble. I'm no pro. I'm not like you. I know you know. I mean, I don't even think. I don't even consider no, you like. No, the pro I don't. Is pro. I, I only know what I like. And but that's I, a lot more than. I mean, I've honestly, for me, Death Note, a uh, a smidge of Cowboy Bebop, just a smidge. Yeah. And uh, the whole first season of Fist of the North Star. So does that make me into Animu? I don't think so. Kinda. I mean, yeah. those are. I mean, Death Note and. Cowboy Bebop. I mean, you don't pick those out by accident. You no, pick those because good. I was forced. Um, People were like, "You need to watch this, or we can't have a conversation." Well, Death Note is yeah. awesome until like episode eighteen, I would say, and then it yeah. just goes, and then it's just over. You might as well just stop watching. Mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> a, cer- a certain character dies, and two new people come in, and it's just nope, not working for me. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it's 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 strange. But man, what a ride those first eighteen are, right? It almost <laughs> makes it worth it. The the potato chip meme always gets me. Where yeah. He gets all, all excited about eating potato chips and writing in his notebook at the same time. That always makes me laugh. Um, are there any other prominence uh, anime based or manga based? I'm sorry, manga based. Um, uh, NES games On that the made NES, it to the states like this one. Mm, probably I'm going to lead off with probably so that I can't get well actually too hard. But I know that there are a lot on the Famicom. And I well, even covered sure, one, yeah. you know, uh, Doraemon, Doraemon, sorry, um, was one <laughs> that I've already covered that was pretty popular. It was actually more popular in South America, I believe. But the, uh, yeah, there's there's a ton and there's probably some on the NES I'm, I'm just completely oblivious to. But when I get to them and cover them, I'll, I'll know more. But yeah, I was going to say, this is kind of weird that it actually survived localization and 
you know, especially it wasn't because tur- it's so hyper violent. That's a good point. And some yeah, people are pointing it, that it out. It wasn't in the turned into like Bill Lambeer's combat fists or something like that, <laughs> or you know, something utterly stupid. It, it actually they deemed it good enough to be like, oh yeah, we should just leave it as Fist of the North Star. People like that, right? Because yeah. it's got fist in the title. I mean, it made it through, and it's one of the rare games that show. You know, a human man exploding as soon as you punch him. It actually shows like blood, <laughs> blood and eight. It shows eight bit blood and guts. It's it's as, the goriest nice. you can get probably. So, oh, that's cool. right. There's also uh, what is it called? Like Golgo thirteen or something mm, yes. like that. I yeah, think that's that, based on a manga. You are correct. Yeah, yeah. And I actually played that game like a year ago, and it's pretty interesting. So yeah, there there's there's that one. So well, actually, Crab, there is Golgo thirteen. There he is. You should you should be you know you, you need to do your homework on these short of things well it's a good thing i'm around to correct you thank god there we go uh yeah that's that's been the videos fist of the north star zool and ultimate stuntman and uh zool is okay which is which is worse zool or ultimate stuntman oh uh ultimate stuntman so you'd rather um, play zool after you after you bad mouth yeah, the game okay because at least it's got some kick-ass music and um, I can at least make fun of it, you know, for for being all Amiga ass. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll really please our uh, our British sponsors. But uh, no, nah, we don't Spotify. have British sponsors. But uh, Spotify, <laughs> boy, mate, hey, governor. Uh, yeah. Anyway, really reeling in that uh, English crowd. But um, yeah, oh, no, it's like uh, it. I, at least I can like ha- I can. Ha- Somehow, I can picture myself having a good time with that. With uh, Ultimate Stuntman, I, I'm just bored. Mm. I thought it looked pretty good for a for an unlicensed, like visually. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, can- I I didn't have the controller in hand. I don't know how it felt, but I was like, oh, this doesn't look completely like one guy did it in an afternoon. It looked like he took at least three afternoons on this. <laughs> Chimerica's not hopeless. I mean, they did they did make Micro Machines, which is a, a, that's a, a good, good game. So that's cool. Great, great. Uh, well, not great games. Good videos, though. I'll say we did a good job. We did do a good job. Pat on the back, Barry Horowitz style for us. Exactly. Uh, we got, we got, man, we, Robert keeps sending us these emails that are just so hard to get through. They're so long. I mean, every yeah. time that, you know, you see Robert ring from uh, Classic Gaming Podcast, hit the old inbox there. I, I do a big eye roll. I almost fall out of my chair. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to spend the afternoon reading this. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's not a surprise because this podcast is, what, like six hours long every episode? I mean, geez, Louise. I measure his podcast in how many Lord of the Rings movies I can get through. <laughs> and the last few have been a, they've been nearly a full two towers long. Two towers. Yeah, almost mm-hmm. a, th- a third tower. You can <laughs> shove a third tower in there. That's right. If you want to. Uh, man, do you want to have a go at this one? And maybe we can take turns if you get out of breath. All right, here we go. Um, let's see. Where to start? Where to start? Robert says, you know what 90s band doesn't get reminisced upon enough? And he answers his own question and says, Counting Crows, Rob. Oh. Well, first of all, you didn't give us enough. Ch- uh, you didn't give us a chance to answer. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't wait long enough before you said <laughs> Counting Crows, Robert. Yeah, we're supposed to like <laughs> think and then you send us a separate email that just says Counting Crows. And then we're, we're like, is Rob losing his mind? Like, what is, what is going on with him? <laughs> Uh, why is he sending it? <laughs> There's no link here or anything. It just says Counting Crows. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't really like Counting Crows that much. I don't really like that guy's voice a whole lot. It's just, it's one of those subjective things where it's just, I don't like that guy's voice. But I, they're a hell of a lot better than a lot of other 90s stuff. I'll give him that. Sure. Yeah. I, I like his hair. I'll say that. He's got oh, some fun. Oh, sure. Yeah. He's got a fun do. 
was he they they sang that song about the parking lot, right? Paradise. Is it that one? I, the only ones I know are the the Mr. Jones, Long December, uh Round Here was another big one. Um just to, just while I was oh, yeah. watching MTV like in the mid 90s Yeah, it's like, called, it was the... called Big Yellow Taxi and it was the song they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Uh, was the was the hook in that you one? You got to do it like his voice, though. Uh, we we'll pray in paradise, the <laughs> parking lot. You know, he's, it's like yeah. he's doing a, a a character or something. Not, I, I just don't like his voice. I will say, I'll I'll agree with you and and Robert. If you're a huge Counting Crows fan, power to you, buddy. I, I'm not a big Counting Crows guy, but that line, the pave paradise and put up a parking lot thing, uh, was was stuck in my head, and it maybe still is. I I think there's still times where I just find myself humming it and i'm like why 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 so it's it's in there deep it's a wound sure yeah yeah it's uh but what what what's the your answer to the question though what 90s band doesn't get reminisced upon enough and what bands get reminisced upon enough <laughs> like there's a litmus of uh <laughs> <Yeah>. reminiscing <laughs> uh dinosaur jr Oh, that's a great pick. Yeah, they're still touring. Jay Mascus, really, and uh, yeah, that that guy can freaking shred. He's a great guitar player. I didn't know they were still um, around. Huh. Yeah, he's he's gray as hell. He he looks, you know, I think he's close to sixty now. But yeah, he's he still plays. He still shreds. He's great. Um, man, they, yeah, they have a awesome. new album coming out this year. It came yeah. out. It came out a month ago. It's called Sweep <laughs> yeah. It Into Space. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Spotify. If you would like to go check yeah. out <laughs> Amherst, Massachusetts finest Dinosaur Jr. They have a new album out. I'm very excited. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they're great. Um I, I I'll never forget I was uh, this is when I worked at Best Buy Corporate and I was doing uh I was helping another department out with some typing or something like that and I just had my my shitty little iPod shuffle and I was I had um Dinosaur Jr. on there and uh something from uh what's green mind was on and it was just like you know that that all that album is is just and the guy next to me is like dude what are you listening to man like (laughs) that sounds killer (laughs) and i was like it's dinosaur jr man it's pretty sweet you should check it out and then we had one of those music conversations where nothing gets communicated because we're all we're too excited about talking about the stuff we like oh that's the best though yeah, those are the best conversations, aren't they? Yeah. Right Speaking on. of which, the band that doesn't get reminisced upon enough, I'm just going to ignore everything and not talk about Dinosaur Jr. anymore or Counting Crows. Okay. I don't know. There's there's a lot. There's stuff like Jesus Lizard, which mm. is I don't think ever properly got their due. Uh, back in the day, they're hilariously like noisy and weird, and their live show looked chaotic as hell. Yeah, aren't they sort of like that stoner? doom they're they're like no not really they're they're like a sort of like post-punk noise stuff um okay they're really kind of all over the place they're they're closer to just regular punk post you know like uh suzy and the banshee style like out of Mm. control okay sort of sort of stuff um what was another one uh well i know a a band that gets reminisced upon too much because I'm a hater, and I'm drinking that Haterade oh, Red Hot on. Chili Peppers. Get out of here. Come on. They're fine. They're fun. I'm, I'm tired of them. Oh, Get out. Out. All right. Scar Tissue the Beast. Get out. Stop with your Kermit voice. <laughs> I was tired just about to it. ask if you were having an episode. 
But, no, uh, that's that's how he sounds. With the birds and shadows and Wow. Dude. Harsh. Painful. Painful Man. song. All Ugh. right. That's a That's going to get take. some emails. Brought yeah. to you by Spotify. <laughs> well, I, I'm okay with the peppers myself. But okay. oh, I, I do like a, f- a couple other songs. There we go. Bring it back a little bit. Nostalgic, yeah. you know, under the bridge, that that's sort a, of stuff. That's fine, yeah. My, all my friends, that's a, that's a fun one. Uh, all right, here we have uh, an email from our pal Jesus from Monterey. From Monterey. Yes, he says, Going hello. global. <laughs> Finally. Uh, Canadians, get out of here. Hello, drunk friends. <laughs> I finally got some spare time to put my ideas together. I'm a big fan of your channels. I listen to your podcast while working. I have a few topics that I think are worth talking about. Please don't disregard my email for being long. We won't, Jesus. Would we ever do that? Nah. Uh, okay, he says... Uh, <laughs> He lists them out here. He's got he's got four points he wants to make. Here's number one. Uh, I know that this has already been mentioned in a previous episode. I think that video games are reaching the limit in graphics, and although there will always be gamers that will be looking for the top-notch technology, your 240 FPS, 24K, etc., there are many others like myself who are like myself who are no longer attached to it. I just bought a Wii U for my seven-year-old son and a PS4 for me last Christmas. I've been playing so many wonderful games on the Wii U with my kids that I even forgot about the PS4. I know there are many great games on PS4, but I got fed up with the installation times every time you want to play a new game. I think I should have bought a Nintendo Switch instead, and here's where Trav tells Alex to get a hold of a Switch. Alex, get a hold of a Switch! Yeah, it's going to happen eventually. It's, it's, on the, it's, it's, it's on the radar. You okay over there? Yeah, sorry. I just you, 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 which which '90s singer are you you impersonating <laughs> by doing that? <laughs> that is a really good question. Huh. <laughs> I guess most of them. Yeah, <laughs> I just he says uh, I just play games like Shantae, Axiom Vert. I'm supposed to say Shantae. That's how I say it on my other podcast. So bring it bring it over to Drunk French. Shantae, Axiom Verge, Bloodstained, which are modern proofs of this tendency to forget about power focus more on creativity and fun factors, which is the same philosophy adopted by Nintendo under Satoru Iwata's command. Video games are just meant for one thing, fun. Fun for everyone. Thanks to channels like yours, I refocused on my backlog of NES and Super NES games, the consoles I grew up with in the 80s and early 90s. Do you have an opinion on this, Alex? Are you, you seem to be a guy that wants to play less of the new shiny stuff. That's Pearl's business. You you want more of the yeah. what's more similar to what you grew up with? Well, it's just easier. Yeah, it's stuff like uh, uh, Axiom Verge and Bloodstained and all that kind of stuff is just pick up and play. There's there's not that much of a learning curve. There's not that much of a um. I don't know. It's just yeah. I guess it's closer to what I'm used to since it's what I'm flipping between all the time anyway with mm-hmm. Super Nintendo NES and Genesis and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's it's just familiarity and all that sort of stuff, and as opposed to uh, Dark Souls, where I, or Demon Souls, where <laughs> I can hear, I, I always know when Pearl is playing that downstairs because uh, she is usually cursing up a storm. Yeah, you go downstairs and she's burned effigies all over the living room. You're like, what has yeah. happened? Somebody was mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's ugly. Uh, I'm all over the place, man. I like to play the new. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now. It is fantastic. It blows my mind. Yeah, that game is freaking cool. I, I I did play a little bit 
<clears throat> excuse me i did play a little bit of that one i love the little touches while keeping the game focused like oh here's this little fox guy over here over by this waterfall let's let's go say hi to him and <laughs> let's go see what he's up to and then you go back and like a village is being pillaged or something like that and you got to take out all these dudes from this tower and it's yeah the yeah. combat is also really cool it's really cool it's actually you know this it, it can be difficult but it's very forgiving and uh, I dig that about it. I like a game that lets me have fun and doesn't force me to be exceptionally pro to get through it because I got limited time, man. I got videos to make, podcasts to do, other games to play. Just just let me slash some dudes up. Lives to live. Yeah. Got lives to live. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobody lets me live my life. Nobody, Nobody makes me bleed my own blood either. <laughs> ah, such a good quote. I love uh, Dodgeball. <laughs> uh, number two, he says, you have had many great guests. And you already invited one of my favorites, the gaming historian. But are you ever going to have James Rolfe as a guest? That would be wonderful. No. No. He's a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. He'll fit right in. (laughs) James Rolfe wants to be on pass. (laughs) Delete. I'm going to reply and all caps unsubscribe to his email. (laughs) If he tried to ask and come on, I'd be like, nope. Move it along, nerd but yeah of course we'd love to have him on um i have a million questions for him and it would be fun just to talk to him just about like movies and stuff so yeah of course we'd love to have him on yeah that's the thing i feel like he's pretty tapped out on going over every facet of the nerd and nes games and shitty games i just want to talk to the guy about what he wants to talk about because he's really fun when he's excited about something sure yeah that's that's what i like as evidenced by uh his childhood videos that he likes to put in some of his videos where he's <laughs> he's so compelled and excited by like something on his mind that he has to bust out the video camera he's like eight years old <laughs> he's got he's got to film himself like <laughs> yeah i mean you could tell he was he had a calling to to do some yeah, film work when he was for just sure a, a it's film. hilarious yeah pretty cool uh but yeah of course we would love to have james Rolf on get get the grease the wheels over there for us would you <laughs> jesus uh, yeah, right. please. <laughs> Number three, have you ever tried Mexican beers other than Corona? If not, you should at least try Bohemia and Leon. Leon? Leon? We have some I'm craft- guessing Le- Leon because that's Lion. Ah, very good. We have some craft- and I ain't Lion. Of course you're not. <laughs> and he says, we have some craft beers, but I think those will be harder to get in the U.S. And uh, yeah, we don't have many. We don't have much of a Mexican selection here in good old Virginia. Although one you didn't list that, that uh, I've tried is, is Tecate. I've gone that I far. Gonna say te- I was going to say Tecate, which is basically the Budweiser of I've, I've gotten that beer. fancy. That's how fancy yeah. I've gotten, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have tried a couple. I just don't remember what they are off the top of my head. Um, yeah, that's, we, we got plenty here in New Mexico. I was going to ask. But, yeah, I bet you have a lot of selection. But uh, nothing I can remember. Hmm. All right. And then number four. He just says, I have more stuff to talk about, but I will stop here. Please keep up the amazing work you are doing. Greetings from Monterrey, Mexico. Cheers, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the exceptionally sweet email. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Je- thanks, Jesus. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, coming up next, you think you know You think you know music. You think you know 8-bit music. Well, you think you know the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You think you know the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You think you know your Spotify. But I have a theory about that. Our guest today is 8-Bit Music Theory, a YouTuber who dissects, deconstructs, and educates viewers about music as a whole while focusing on some of the best tunes gaming has to offer. 
Hello, 8-Bit. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here and to uh, chat, to have some witty bants. Oh, I can't wait for some witty bants. And it's witty funny. bants. Yeah. Right out of the ba- right out of the gate. I've never heard that, <laughs> and I will forever refer to any conversation I have as witty banting. But I actually first heard about your channel on this podcast. I was recently... Oh. Uh, yeah, recently we, we had a chat with Dan Hess who you should be familiar oh, with. And you've talked about him before on your channel because yeah, yeah, he yeah. did the Wing 64 soundtrack. And he mentioned your channel, said he was a huge fan because you talked about some of the stuff that he had made. And that was a good enough endorsement Man. for us. So That's it's finally so cool. great to have you on. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I saw when I put out the Pilot Wings video, I saw he commented on it. And I like had a moment of like, is this the Dan Hess or is this just some <laughs> random guy named Dan Hess? But so I thought that was super cool that he saw it and liked it enough to comment on it. But that was like a couple of years ago by now, I think. Like, I can't believe yeah. he still remembers who I am. Yep. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. He, when we talked to him, uh, he still gets, he, we, we talked about like, he still to this day gets feedback all the time for pilot wings, oh, yeah. 64 soundtrack and stuff like that from, from everywhere, from like all sorts of people, all sorts of ages and all that sort of oh, stuff and so how cool, cool that was. And he did mention your channel. Right. Um, and uh, so when I checked it out, you know, we uh, me, Trav and I always like to go back to like channels first videos. And in your case, that's uh, looks like October 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, we wanted to bring that up because like within the first minute, you got sheet music on the screen. We're talking flats, sharps, triplets, <laughs> arpeggios. All it's like, hey, that. folks, you, you better get on my level because this is what's going to this is what that's going to be. So <laughs> strap in. uh I mean, it's it sounds like this stuff comes like just absolutely naturally to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I d- I've always been a big music theory nerd. I always thought it was fun, um, even like super boring, you know, classical piano lessons theory. That's <laughs> undeniably boring. I still thought there was something interesting about it. So I think, yeah, I'm just wired in a very specific way that makes music theory super appealing. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And uh, that's the other thing is that the big vibe I get from the channel is that you're clearly not doing this to be a YouTuber or whatever. (laughs) You're doing it because it's in your brain and it's got to come out. So and that you genuinely enjoy sharing this stuff. Well, yeah, my my success on YouTube um, is completely in spite of my (laughs) <laughs> video making and youtubing ability because <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how i feel too sometimes yeah um we actually have a friend like that though uh Petey, um where she just had to start you know her own podcast and all this other stuff mm-hmm. because she has all this knowledge that was just in her head about like making drinks and making mm. you know just, just like the liquor industry and the wine business and all this stuff is just like in her head and it's got no place to go. It's got to go somewhere. So, and oh, it's, that's she, awesome. Yeah. She's just having fun with it. So it's, and yours is kind of the same deal. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think that's like kids today, especially <laughs> not to say kids today, unironically, but uh, <laughs> you hear a lot of people who like want to be YouTubers like that's yes. a separate thing. But in my mind, just, uh, you can't, I think you have to go that route of like, I have this thing that I need to talk about or something super interesting that I could share that has lots of value. And then if you decide that YouTube is the platform to 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 use to distribute that information, then you'll be a successful YouTuber. But 
yeah, I don't know if I, I think you need to have some background in in a lot of a lot of knowledge about something very specific if you're going to have success on YouTube or maybe like super interesting opinions on things. But sure. I I've got a real depressing tidbit for you and that's uh, uh that my my nephew is uh I think he's 14. They were given a survey uh in school like what you want to do for a career and the number one answer in his class was YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's just so like bizarre why? To me. <laughs> Because it's not even like... What have I done? (laughs) Like, when I was in school, everyone wanted to be a musician or an actor. Like, everyone wanted to be famous, but you had to be famous for being good at something, you know? You couldn't just be like, I want to talk into a camera and not have a skill set. Like, I don't know. It just seems so weird. Yeah, it really is. And I have to ask, because uh, Alex makes the point that you started out sort of... It seemed like you had a plan. you didn't start out with just, you know, doing selfies in a subway being like, hey, guys, uh, this is 8-Bit, I really like music. Like, you seem like out of the gate, you're like, I'm going to, you know, break down music from games that I like, deconstruct it, and educate people about how this all comes together, how it works, why it sounds the way it does, which kind of makes me think that maybe you you teach. Do you teach music outside of this? Do you have a history? <laughs> Obviously, you learned a lot. How do you, do you have any other outlets for yeah. it? I don't teach right now. Um, I did for, while I was in music school, and before that actually in high school too, I would teach like kids uh, lessons on whatever instrument. Like, so I'm a drummer. That's my first instrument. So I taught drum lessons when I was in high school. And then uh, all through uh, going to university, I would teach little kids guitar lessons and ukulele lessons and piano lessons and just whatever. Like, I can be better at, at, at any instrument than a, a six-year-old, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so I feel like maybe that gave me a sense of like that that you need to be able to explain things in a way that people understand, you know? Like trying to explain to a six-year-old what a scale is, you really have to be able to break it down to the simplest possible, simplest and most practical kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and you do a really good job with that, by the way. I, that was going to be oh. sort of my focus of this conversation is because I watched a ton of your videos in preparation for this, and <laughs> I don't know a lot about what you said. But I know that <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> if I really focused on it, I could learn it because it's the way that you talk and the way that, I mean, number one, you, you're talking about something that is very mathematical and it's pattern-based and it's it's very analytical, which I think could be boring but you don't let it be that way because one it sounds like you're doing your videos with a smile on your face <laughs> the v the well, voiceover good. i wanted to say vo like we do in the biz the vo <laughs> sounds fun like it's upbeat and it, it gets me interested because i know you're excited about it and that's that's a totally like fluffy thing to say about your videos but i'm like i have a grin on my face watching stuff that i'm like what did he just say what's the name of that scale again and i don't know i just there's something about it that i think it makes it unique on top of being extremely educational so i i just wanted to point that out that's so kind of you to say thank you so much i'm glad that that comes across because i do and and starting the channel too i thought a lot about kind of the performance aspect of of making youtube videos like i've i've always had a lot of pet peeves like uh being a musician and being in bands and going to shows like it's always so frustrating when you go to a show 
and the band's playing and everyone in the band just looks like they're sitting on the toilet like no expression (laughs) (laughs) just you know what i mean or like worse if one person is really into it and then no one else is giving them anything so i don't know i feel like i've always that that has always annoyed me enough to be be to pay attention to myself like when i'm on stage performing or whatever you're you're Canadian. Do you, do you know the band Godspeed You Black Emperor? I know them vaguely. I, I haven't like listened yeah. to a bunch of their stuff, but that they're one of those bands where there's like 13 people in the band. Uh, <laughs> I saw them back in like 2001, I think, and everybody was like angry. Everybody was really <laughs> pissed off about being there. And like I thought this was a show. Yeah. Like, guy, I'm, I'm not expecting like the Beach Boys or anything, right. you know, like, but like or, or the Monkeys. But like, God, like you guys are like so freaking serious. Like, lighten like, the hell aren't up. You already. Happy Get over here? Aren't you happy to be here? Aren't you happy to be playing music right now? <laughs> It's like freaking death clock. Like it's brutal to be in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Ugh. true. That's if you're in like a oh yeah super heavy yeah, metal band, then you don't need to look happy on stage. I guess that might ruin <laughs> true, the yeah. performance. But yeah. But well, yeah. One of the one of the many skills that your channel brings to the forefront is being able to recognize patterns, like Trav said. Um, is that something that you had to learn to actively look for, or is that something that always c- kind of came naturally to you? Um, it's kind of hard to say, I guess, I'm sure it came, it came naturally in some respect. Like I've always, um, I've never been like the smartest or best musician in the room, but I've never been the dumbest, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) I'm sure there's some (laughs) element, uh, some, some element of it came naturally. Um, I don't know. I found it really, really interesting trying to to reverse engineer like the thought process behind compositions since well before I started my channel. Um, and like reading about composers and reading about, you know, what composers have to say about what they wrote and things like that always interested me. And kind of the more you learn about songwriting and music theory in general, the more you learn what kind of the default decisions are. We're like, oh yeah, if you set up with this chord, it's going to want to move to that chord. So that's kind of the obvious place to go. So then any time a song or a piece of music didn't go to like the obvious place to go, uh, I just found that super fascinating and tried to figure out like, okay, well, what would they have been thinking to make this decision rather than that decision? So uh, yeah, I guess Mm. the interest is, I've, uh, you know, practice is a huge part of it and listening to tons of music and going through that process with a bunch of different pieces of music of like, oh, what about this is abnormal and why do you think the composer chose to write it that way? Um doing that a bunch of times with a bunch of different styles of music i feel like i learned a lot that way and that's kind of what i brought into my channel of like um well because the reason i started it in the first place um well the the reason i started it was because i wanted there to be a youtube channel that talked about game music like that and there wasn't one so (laughs) i was like exactly i'm gonna do it myself but uh, (laughs) yeah it's 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 interesting how video game music uh to to people of a certain age particularly like my parents um it's all just like beep 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 bop beep bop bloop beep bloop you know it's like country you know every country music song sounds the same to certain people every metal song sounds the same to other people and yeah it's video game music is like this all-encompassing category whereas you're like nope (laughs) you're like here's why mario music sounds the way it does here's what makes the Mega Man 2 soundtrack the way it is and that sort of stuff that's what makes video game music so sick is that like 
because <laughs> yeah for any genre of music there's a barrier of entry where like you need to learn enough about how the music works to understand mm-hmm. to be able to tell different songs apart that's kind of that's just normal um but because this music was attached to fun video games that that drove you to play them over and over again because they were so fun um you you have like a whole generation of video game nerds who grew up as kids who were you know kind of taught taught how to get over this barrier of entry to purely instrumental like pretty complicated music um that that they didn't they without them even being aware that they were being informed about how this musical language works so like for some like i I have a, a jazz degree and for something like jazz it's like you need to really commit to learning how to like jazz <laughs> to like it kind of you know you really need to like immerse yourself in the culture and figure out like the musical vocabulary and then once everything starts to make sense then it's very very interesting um and so you had a bunch of people um uh introduced to this musical vocabulary of video game music without them even even realizing it and so it's it's a perfect vehicle to explain music theory concepts because these pieces are so much more complicated than you know your average like pop tune or a country song or things that that are more approachable but you still have hundreds of thousands millions of people very very familiar with the music because they grew up with the games and they love the games and they love the music by extension so yeah and they just don't realize it until someone points it out right oh yeah did you know that uh (laughs) yeah it could be and the thing is is that it could be anything it could be that's one of the fun things about um uh the whole youtube thing for me personally is that um it's uh i could be doing a video on like young merlin or uh you know some like weird obscure game like zool or something like that (laughs) and i'll I'll always get at least like one comment that says uh you know like holy crap i haven't even thought about this game i remember that music and they always make sure to mention the music Mm. it's like that's yeah it's 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 so cool that uh (laughs) that that's a thing but it makes me wonder uh what because when i went into your channel um you know it's all obviously it's all you know fun stuff and good stuff have you ever considered going in the opposite direction and exploring (laughs) what makes it makes certain music so awful like (laughs) sonic heroes or like james bond jr for super nintendo or just something bad just as a change of pace i've definitely i've had enough i've had people um asked me that question before enough that i've thought about it and looked into like <laughs> what would this video look like that i ran into a couple problems and i've never heard of james bond jr so maybe like i think it's a matter of finding the right game where the music oh, is <laughs> is undeniably bad but a lot of like a lot of game music that i would consider bad is just kind of uninspired or like bland doesn't stand out yeah um, which isn't that interesting to critique, uh, or at least I can't think of a way to make it interesting. Um, right. Or you get like indie games with bad music where like there was one guy responsible for the whole soundtrack and he, you know, he will see it on Twitter if you make fun of his <laughs> we want you game. to bury that guy. So, yeah. So I'm like, I don't really want to just crap on this dude for no reason. <laughs> That's but, fair. Uh, I appreciate yeah. that. That'd <laughs> Truly, be, that'd be so awful. Poor guy. <laughs> so just to bring up James Bond Jr., it's just broken. 
Mm. Like, I, I, and I'm not sure if that would even be, you know, make for a good video for you at all. Because it, it really does sound like they were too lazy to, like, sync up everything <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the, you know, after the fact. Like, maybe they, they put the music on the, on you know, in, in with the rest of the game and they, they didn't realize that, like, oh, this is broken. Like, this just doesn't work. <laughs> and, yeah, I well, guess maybe yeah. that won't make for a That's good video. That's another thing, too. There, I can't remember what it was called, but there was a Sonic game. It might have been the one you mentioned even. I, I just honestly don't remember. Where it's like has a notoriously bad soundtrack. And I looked into it and it was like, oh yeah, he made the composer made these, you know, kind of early mock-ups for the soundtrack. But then they ran out of budget. And so he just they just threw those in the game. It's like, well, it's not really his fault <laughs> that the music doesn't yeah. work very well. Yeah. yeah, that's not so much a... Uh composition issue as it is a budgetary issue that makes sense <laughs> right totally um i'm sure you get asked this all the time and uh i think everybody kind of wants that sensational you know what was that big bang moment like was there a soundtrack from your childhood or something you know gaming wise that made that pushed you in the direction of deconstructing music and or did you have you know sheet music out on your bed and you were mapping castlevania out like <laughs> What was little you like with this mindset? Did you was it always mm. game music, or did it did that really take off when you started the YouTube channel? Um, I don't think I made a, a big distinction in my mind between video game music and non-video game music. Um, huh? When I was a kid, because I remember the first game I ever owned, bought myself, was Wind Waker for the GameCube, and that soundtrack is so good to this day i don't think it's just nostalgia goggles i think it really is like one of the best soundtracks ever made but mm -hmm. uh and yeah i remember like i was always a big uh uh musical kid i would sit at the family piano and and bang out try and learn beatles tunes and try and learn whatever uh pop songs that i was into at the time and then i would also try and learn songs from the wind waker soundtrack and just it was all wow. kind of part of the same thing in my mind of like I really like the way that sounds, so I'm going to try and learn how to play it, that sort of instinct. Oh, and then, cool. yeah, it wasn't until kind of getting really into watching YouTube and decide, like starting to think about, oh, it'd be kind of cool if I had my own channel, whatever. When I was, when that idea started germinating in my head, it wasn't originally going to be a video game channel. That was like one option of many that I thought would be cool to pursue. But then I kind of uh, ended up there because I figured... Um, it's the biggest, it's a, it's a really, really big, uh, pool of different kinds of music under the same umbrella. So if sure. you're just going to do like a, I don't know, a Beatles channel or something, it's like you have one band, you know, a very set amount of songs that you could cover, but yeah. And plus there's just not that many people, uh, you know doing that uh with video game music one For other sure. channel uh that i need to bring up is uh they're called mariachi entertainment system oh, and yeah. they yeah they play music in uh the mariachi style and it makes you th think of this music in a complete and a see it in a and it goes both ways right uh both the game music and the mariachi style so well, that's, that's that kind of thing is super exciting to me i i saw them yeah. at um Magfest, music and gaming festival. Um, mm -hmm. uh, when was it now? My my sense of time is just destroyed after this last year. But yeah, it was yeah, it was last <laughs> year, like a, a year and a couple months ago. Um, and so that's like uh, the biggest 
video game music convention uh, there is, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you meet, yeah, I, I love going there. You meet tons of video game cover bands. And it's so cool to me because I didn't know this when I started the channel. I didn't realize how big of a, a culture, subculture there was around video game music. But like you go to this convention and and it's full of just young, you know, 20 something nerds who love video games. And they'll go see like a string quartet perform all these video game pieces in the style of a classical string quartet and then an hour later they'll go see a funk band play video game music in the style of yep. a funk band and then they'll go see the mariachi entertainment system and then they'll go see... and it's these <laughs> people that like are just normal people that never go to a concert hall to see a string quartet perform you know like mozart or whatever but because it's all unified by this thing that they love, like they're they're willing to, they're so much more open to all these different styles. So that's it's it's actually a really exciting scene for me to, you know, explore more um, nuanced and complex genres of music, um, and then still have an audience of people who would like to hear that. <laughs> that's kind of a special thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great way to recontextualize stuff and mm-hmm. reintroduce people to stuff they wouldn't otherwise know about. And totally. that's what Mariachi System or Mariachi Entertainment System did for me. Yeah, um, I remember seeing a band called The Advantage, mm-hmm. and this would have been back in like 2005, I think. And that was one of the first instances of where I found that to be really freaking cool because they're playing you know just nes stuff like ghosts ghosts and goblins and um and even like you know more obscure slightly more obscure stuff like uh solar jet man music from that (laughs) game you know just in in a four-piece rock band no vocals and they're just up on stage just rocking out and i was just like damn this is really cool like i didn't (laughs) know this could be a thing so yeah and it's here we are now and uh yeah, I was going to ask you about Magfest because I was like, th- this guy would like some Magfest because I—that's my sort of my home uh, convention, so to speak. I live in Virginia, oh, so nice. it's the closest closest thing to fun I have as a Magfest. So yeah, that's that's cool that you made it there. And uh, would I mean, I'm trying to get Alex out there. Are you are you thinking you might go back? Oh yeah, as soon as they're if they're doing it next year, it with you know in person, I'll, I'll be there for sure. Awesome, love, awesome, love those well, guys. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm trying to get Alex out there so that he can you see the big arcade. You trying to put me in a corner? <laughs> I'm trying to put me in a corner here. Look, if if Eight Bit wants to go hang out and you pass, I mean, I'm left with my options. I'm I'm going to hang out with my dude. So I'm sorry, but uh, it's a great time. Yeah, it's it's, it's all worth right, it. all right, it's all right. Worth it. for, for the arcade <laughs> room alone, which I know you'll love, Alex. Yes, be, yes, of course, I love I love the arcade room. So Eight Bit, I wanted to ask you um, about. Um, the fact that your channel has a really good mix of like old and newer music for video games. But I, one thing I hear from a lot of, uh, folks now is that, um, uh, there's, there's a certain complaint I hear a lot about modern game music, specifically about how it all sounds the same. Mm. You know, they all have this like, or lush orchestral kind of, you know, if you like, if you've played the game heavy rain, I think that was a PS three game. It was just this kind of nondescript (laughs) string section. (laughs) And then you go and play some resident evil game and it's the same thing. And so I get where people, why people say that, but do you, have you run into that complaint at all? Yeah. And I think it is kind of, um, I think modern games, I don't know if they're still in it or if we're past it now. I don't. I don't really know. But I, I think that they fell in a trap for a while of 
really wanted to be taken seriously, man. Oh, uh, yeah. And so you get the kind of like cinematic game thing, which obviously yeah. Heavy Rain was all about. And uh, and with that comes like, oh, well, what do movies have for their music? What's a cinematic score sound like? Oh, well, it's a big orchestra and a huge string section. And and so, I don't know. You, yeah, that definitely is a trend that is not very inspired. But uh, I don't really... I haven't been keeping up on like the newest games coming out uh, lately so that could be we could be past that trend by now i don't really know gotcha but i sure hope so because yeah. that was always my impression when it came to to stuff like that like what would john williams do <laughs> right. enough with the enough with the john williams crap already can we please yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can we please go back to, to like being original and coming up with something new yeah but then like you have you know indie game the indie game scene has always had oh. tons of cool experimental stuff going on too so there's always cool for stuff sure. you know if you just if gotta you look for it. it yeah totally yeah that's why I'm a, I'm a huge fan of darren korb and yeah. um persona 5 i love that soundtrack yeah. and i just watched your persona 5 um video earlier this week and uh just even hearing snippets from your video i'm like god i'm, I'm back in. i gotta go to spotify and check it out i gotta go back into the soundtrack because <laughs> it's so good yeah that's a great soundtrack yeah 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 for sure and that's actually that's actually a good segue because I wanted to ask naturally you know through your channel you're having to reference and sample and use a lot of music from various video games persona 5 of course tons of nintendo stuff i mean have there been any issues in using their music for your channel has that affected your ability to you know monetize or or whatever not like not as much as you'd think for sure i think hmm. um using like um <laughs> like any kind of recorded pop music or anything um even film soundtracks basically any music besides video game music seems to get shut down immediately with copyright strikes but then for mm -hmm. whatever reason video game music almost always uh slides there have been a couple times um nintendo is a little bit uh picky about breath of the wild when i was doing stuff about breath of the wild because it was hmm. pretty new and i think i don't know i don't know why mm. but then uh, and then every time like i did one video about the spider-man game for ps4 and then i wanted to reference some like classic movie superhero music that the soundtrack was obviously kind of drawing inspiration from and so I want to use like whatever three seconds of the Superman theme, John Williams Superman theme, and of course I had to like speed it up, pitch it up a key, and slow it down yeah. a little bit, and try and like finagle <laughs> my way past the copyright sensor, and it still didn't work. So, yeah, just basically mangle it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so promise, I uh, I, uh, I promise this is still the Superman theme. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, for the most part, it's totally totally fine. Um, any indie game is totally i haven't yeah. had any problems with and then almost every big big studio game too it's very rare that i run into copyright problems and then when i do i just kind of shrug my shoulders like yeah you're right like this is your intellectual property uh, sure. so if you don't want me to monetize this i won't you know that kind of thing yeah i was i was honestly expecting you to say like literally everything i have is stricken and i can't it's awful so i'm i'm actually <laughs> i have <laughs> i have 96 strikes i'm on yeah. a thin line no. with them they're they're angry so no that's that's actually very good to know i'm glad that it's not a big issue for you because i wouldn't want you to to affect what you're doing 
Yeah, me too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so in general, I mean, I don't even know that we've, I I think we've explained to an extent, you know, pretty much what you do. If people haven't checked you out yet, it it should be obvious by now what you're up to. You, you, You take a lot of video game music, you break it down to its finer points, and tell how it's composed, why it's why it is the way it is, why it might sound the way it does. And it seems to me, and I could be wrong about how this works for you, but it seems like maybe someone from your Patreon or someone that, um, at least f- from the recent videos that I've seen, someone gives you like a game that they want you to talk about. And then it's sort of up to you to come up with what to say about it. And um, I, I caught in a couple of your videos, you were like, yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about this, but I'd already covered this topic on this game, or I'd already talked about this with this other game, and so I, w- I wasn't really sure. Are, are there a lot of games like that that you really think are interesting and want to talk about, but you're not really sure how to make the video work? Yeah, that happens a lot. Um, well, as for the Patreon thing, it's um, my highest tier of patrons get the the right and responsibility to to request <laughs> topics because as soon as i started the channel i was just flooded with comments about you know oh could you please talk about this game oh could you please talk about this which is great i'm glad people are excited for like like it's weird to me to think that someone really wants to hear my opinion of whatever game but uh <laughs> right. but uh but it's just you know like i'm not gonna read forty thousand uh requests like that so i, I made like right. a what i thought was a very high patreon tier to say like, okay, this gives me an excuse to just ignore all the requests unless you're a high tier patron. And then I ended up there's like 150 people willing to pay that much money. <laughs> so, Jeez. but so that's, I, I mean, congrats yeah. though. That's awesome. Thank yeah, you. that is awesome. I, but it, I, it's do, do you feel grateful. pressure from that at all? Well, no, because they're all so chill. Like I do, I, I, I pressure myself about it where I'm like, yeah. oh, I get, I'm behind on, I said I would do a request a month and I'm behind whatever. But every time I, you know, reach out and say like, hey guys, like whatever, I'm behind or, you know, whatever, whatever thing I'm stressing out about, every time I actually talk to them about it, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's fine. It's cool. Whatever. We're not here for the requests. We just like what you do. So they're all super chill and nice and, uh, nice. and it's just a great, great, I'm, can't say enough good things eternally grateful but um yeah as for your actual question um luckily i'll get like 20 requests 20 new requests from this group of patrons a month so even if there are some topics that i'm like i have no idea what i would talk about with this there's plenty to choose from where so you know more it's it's usually a fight of like there are three really really good ideas and i need to pare it down to one that's a problem you know but Mm -hmm. uh but uh there's lots of games that i love the music and i have no idea what to say about it (laughs) so like i know um for a long time i wanted to do a, a, a video on chibi robo's soundtrack and i finally just did it a few months ago but that was cooking for years of like i loved this game as a kid the music is so weird and so cool but I don't really know what to say about it. And then eventually I finally was like, okay, I'm just going to write a video about how it's so weird and so cool. So it's not the most cohesive video I've ever made, but <laughs> I finally got to talk about Chibi Robo. So that's a plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's always... cool, man. Because I, I, I think that it, it's it's interesting to to hear about what you like, and it's probably fun for you to talk about some of the games you want to talk about. So I'd, I mean, even if you're not teaching me about the C-sections and the... <laughs> 
the all of the scales. What and... now? <laughs> Do you not watch his videos? There is a C section and an A section and a B section. Do you not know music, Alex? You should fire your music instructor and listen to 8-Bit Music Theory. Well, I know uh, medical science, and uh, <laughs> I know what it's, I know what that is. Yeah. But, no, I uh, just anyway. Oh, well, I clued it on that because he he said in one video he he referenced the C section quite a bit, and the top comment was obviously in reference to how that made them think of pregnancy, and that's all I thought about the whole time. But it's a music term, Alex. Get with it, buddy. Music term. But uh, I don't even know what I was talking about. Are we talking about pregnancy? My, what were my we favorite about? one of those is. Uh, Are you pregnant, Trav? I am not. <laughs> I did, a, I did a video on the track called Mount Wario, as in a mountain called Mount Wario. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I did I made the whole video, probably took me three weeks, never once thinking about this hilarious double entendre. And then the top comment <laughs> right away is, Mount Wario, don't mind if I do, or whatever, <laughs> something like that. God damn That's going to happen. It's going to happen. But yeah, but my my point was, yeah, I think it's it's refreshing probably for you and everyone to to just hear you talk about stuff you like even if you're not having to laboriously go through and school us. But <laughs> I see what you did there. But yeah, but I I segued myself into asking cuz you brought up it took you 3 weeks. How, these videos do look like they would be extremely difficult to put together. How long does it take you to put together one of these? It takes about three weeks. I shoot for, <laughs> right now I shoot for three videos every two months. It's kind of my basic basic schedule. Sometimes I can get more out, sometimes uh, less. But the, 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 the part of the video making process where you're listening to music and trying to think of an idea that's good enough to write about is kind of like, you know, that takes between two days and two weeks so it's kind of <laughs> tough to like have a set schedule um right. i don't know some people do it like tons of people do it uh i guess i'm just not uh disciplined enough maybe or not good enough at coming up with ideas i don't know but uh uh and and yeah early on i i i was very like diligent about oh i'm gonna put out a video every week um oh and then that fell apart super fast and then I, I said, okay, well, I'll do a video comes. every two weeks. And then that fell apart super fast. So now it's like, they just, they come out when they're ready. Hope you guys don't mind. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I think you're protecting yourself from burnout and I, everyone appreciates that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a big concern. All right. So I got one, I have one more question and then we have some questions from uh, what Alex and I might consider our music dudes that we know in, our, in Alex's discord. So I just wanted to say like to me, and it could just be that I'm not as obviously versed in video game music as maybe some other people are. And I know that I should be, but I feel like it's unfortunate that many of gaming's maybe greatest composers, whether they be from you know the 80s, 90s, or even currently, they aren't names everyone really knows. I mean, there are some exceptions, but it seems like we should know more about these great people that put out this fantastic music. I'm betting you could name a few who I might call unsung heroes, so to speak, like mm. maybe some composers that you've come across through your work where you're like, wow, I keep seeing this guy's name and I had no idea who this was. This guy makes incredible stuff. Are there any people like that that you're, you're thinking like, people should definitely know who this is? Oh yeah, I mean, it's funny because the pe like in general, the people involved in making video games um, don't really get any credit. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. There are a few names associated with the games industry that you know 
that people actually know or care about but then compared to like the movie industry or or music industry or any other entertainment industry where mm-hmm. everybody is so well credited it's kind of kind of a shame but uh yeah lots of i'm a i'm a huge nintendo fanboy so lots of the the composers who worked on the mario and zelda games um through like the early aughts are kind of my favorite dudes and ladies there's uh because there's like a pool of people that kind of do everything um which i think is true of a lot of great artistic scenes throughout history but um so like um hajime wakai the japanese worked for nintendo and he did the pikmin soundtrack and the pikmin 2 soundtrack and those soundtracks both are just so stunning to me with how um like intricate and complicated they are and so weird like i talked about before a little bit like the kind of idea of oh there's an obvious thing to do in the music like from the position of a composer if you write this note there's an obvious next note he seems like he's never ever picked the obvious next choice in his life all of his music (laughs) is so unique and so weird and so cool and it somehow is like so deep and, and and complicated and fits perfectly with the tone of like this goofy little pikmin game where you're chucking your little plant boys at uh, mm-hmm. at uh, lemons and love that game it's like so it's just such a weird balance and i've never heard any music like the music he writes so he's like the guy the go-to name i i, I mention when people ask like what's a cool video game composer that i wouldn't have heard of because yeah i've never heard anyone really talk about him yeah uh, that's, that's the me. first time i'm hearing of him and then i pulled up his resume and it's like holy crap how have i not heard of him <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. So many people like that where it's like, oh, so he was responsible for like these 50 game soundtracks that are all <laughs> yeah. amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Sound director for Breath of the Wild. So, yeah. Dude's got credits. The other problem is that um, a lot of times the individual credits aren't uh, available. So, like, you'll, like, Breath of the Wild is one where I can't remember all their names now, but. Um, you had like five or six names associated with the soundtrack. And so for me, I would love to know like which tunes who was responsible for in what mm. capacity, but that information just isn't out there. So that's kind of a pain. That's, that's like how I am with certain bands too, where mm. uh, I, there like to give one example, like Faith No More, mm. where if I know, if I look at the liner notes and I see on a certain song, like, oh, Mike Patton wrote this one, I know it's going to be freaking crazy. <laughs> or if I if I see Billy Gold, the bass player, wrote it, it's going to be a little more traditional, conventional. If I see Mike Borden, the drummer, had a hand in it, I know it's going to be a certain way and that sort of thing. And I wish I could be like a fly on the wall when they wrote that stuff so I could actually pick out who wrote what parts and mm. you know how they related to each other so i get where you're coming from oh, with that. Totally. yeah i love stuff like that like finding out the circumstances around how music was written is always super interesting to me too yeah like, yeah. yeah 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 for sure so we do have a couple of listener questions here uh we'll start with our friend friend of the show cool um he made our just talking about 
Yeah, he made our sound, soundtrack for right. life. <laughs> yeah, he made our 30-second <laughs> soundtrack for our podcast. Thank you, Kuba. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he just wants to know, uh, along the same lines that what we're just talking about, like, what is a the most well-composed retro soundtrack that nobody really knows about? Maybe one that you really like, like a retro soundtrack. Mm. You can go as far back as, like, uh, you know, the any something on Amiga or Atari ST or one of those personal computer systems or, hmm. or even something, uh, you know, in the, as far as like N64, or, you know, um, he, he, he specified retro retro. Let me just try and think now any, any music pre NES is pretty tough to, it was pretty tough to make anything sound musical on that mm-hmm. old of hardware. NES, I think was kind of, I could be wrong about that, but as far as I know, that's the first system where the music really started to sound like music <laughs> mm-hmm. for the, consoles for the for most consoles. part. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah, true. But, PC games before that. Yeah. Had. But, uh, let me think now. Guys, a lot of the big, I know it's, it's almost like we're playing like, you know, <laughs> trivia or something like that. But I should, still it's, I should think of stuff beforehand for interviews <laughs> just to have, because I'm trying to think of all my favorite like retro game soundtracks are all super well known. So I'm right. uh, I'm a bit of a basic bitch in that regard, I guess. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I oh, what's that song called? This is not. This does not make for an interesting podcast. But I have to find it. <laughs> I have There's fine. one tune in particular from. Oh, I'm gonna need to like text my friend to get the name of this tune. Hey, feel free. I'm not going to I, I have to edit Alex and his shenanigans all the time, so big deal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on good behavior so far. <laughs> I got to take out that Faith No More reference. God. <laughs> <laughs> Get that uh, out of here. He's like, yeah, I also know classical music. Um, I like Faith No More and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just bust your chops. Come on, they're on. They were in. Uh, I like Faith the no second more. Bill and Ted movie. I'm just giving you a hard time. Do you guys want like a deep cut? Deep cut? Because I got Dude, a deep sure. cut. For These you. guys would this love is it. This kind of yeah. interesting story. I'm. This is killing me that I can't remember the actual name of the game. I need to remember the name of the game. Um, it's for the SNES, and it was called. It was only released in Japan, and it's, this is just killing me. It's, it's about, what kind of game is it? It's like a business simulator. <laughs> Hold on, I can, I can, I can is find it mule? This. I can get there. <laughs> That's NES. Come on, everybody knows that. Oh, sorry. Uh, that is a business simulator, though, isn't it? I think. So. I mean, it's good. Bi- you got to do good business bit. in there. Yeah, you got to do some good business. Oh, leading company. Wow, leading company. That is wow. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> We're all Googling is, it right now. Oh, look at that cover. That is awesome. Oh, it's a Koei game, of course. <laughs> of course, Koei would name a game Leading Company. <laughs> this is just one of the best. Okay, so this is there's a funny story here. I'm going to drop a link in general to a tune. You don't have to listen to it. but um, So, okay, I have a friend who actually works uh, for MAGFest. He's like the communications director. Uh-huh. And he started a video game deep cuts list of like the best deep cuts from video game soundtracks that no one knows about but are just total bangers and one of the tunes he found was this leading company soundtrack and it's we were listening to it and i was just blown away because i was like 
this sounds like super hip jazz music if someone programmed super hip jazz music into the super nintendo uh, (laughs) sound card and like there were improvised or what sounded like improvised solos but it was on snes so someone had to like program this in and i was like who is smart enough and cool enough to program in uh an improvised solo that sounds so improvised um and so we were just like blown away by the soundtrack thought it was very funny um kind of left it at that weeks later my buddy comes back and says hey i found a real live album of the leading company soundtrack and so he sends me a link and it's just a, a like jazz record from the 90s and so i'm like what how so did they did they is this covers of the leading company soundtrack no they must have made the soundtrack from this album but the album came out after leading company came out so we're, this is a big mystery and i looked on the the album um uh credits online we found them and there was a couple guys who i i got taught by in university like a sax player who was like my my composition prof in university so it's like what what is going on like what so we found out that i guess koei hired american jazz musicians to record sick jazz music and then they programmed that into their game as the game soundtrack and so it was this weird situation where like everything that's just a hell of a coincidence together. that yeah. ended up being people that you used to, that you actually know. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So it's like, man, and I know for a fact that uh, they wouldn't remember. Like, I'm sure this is like one recording date out of three thousand that they're like, oh yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, session musician yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, and like, I forgot the coolest part of the story. So my buddy was like really into this. He was like, I gotta f- figure out, get to the bottom of this. So he found the email of the guy like the band leader of the live musician album version of the soundtrack he got his email somehow emailed him and he's like a new york jazz pianist older guy and he says uh emails back and says oh yeah uh i don't really remember that but i remember yeah we did a lot of gigs for japanese companies back in the day so he says hey could i get a piano lesson with you um or no yeah so anyway so he's he's chatting with this guy and they were just talking about uh the guy was talking about how he did a lot of sessions for japanese companies and he said yeah i even did a couple like uh anime anime soundtracks he's like oh really like what kind of anime he's like there's one you might have heard of called cowboy bebop Whoa, oh no like, way are you serious Dude. so this guy had played piano on the cowboy bebop soundtrack no freaking way like, what the hell holy cow so yeah it's just this whole world of awesome musicians who don't really know anything about how cool video games or anime are but recorded all the sick music for it that now a bunch of video game nerds are super into apparently <laughs> that's insane that's a crazy story yeah that's awesome anyway wow i mean that's le- a doozy. leading company the game that a game that came out on you know the super famicom obviously is is a popular thing but guys it came out on these other popular platforms like the like the nec pc the Sharp X68000 and the FM Towns. Oh, I love that thing. It came out on the FM freaking Towns. So, I mean, it was... <laughs> towns. Towns. I mean, it's pop. It's... What a... That is a deep cut. What a fun circle of weirdness. That is the weirdness. deepest of cuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Man. Everything's coming full circle because we talked about Cowboy Bebop in the intro that we recorded separately 
and that got brought up again. And while we we, we were talking about uh, Mariachi Entertainment System, and and David from there is currently in the, our Discord waving at Eight Bit Music Theory. I mean, it's it's just full <laughs> it's full circle everywhere everywhere you look <laughs> crazy what an episode now i'm on my way to bang down the doors of romhacking.net to see if i can get someone to translate leading company <laughs> gotta play it so i can play this game oh, yeah. if you do please let me know i would love to play leading company yeah that'd be a great uh, tie into the podcast from your uh, youtube channel there you could, Yo, you could bring true. up this very story but we have a second <laughs> question believe it or not that first one i know blew me away too i'm I don't even know if we can handle a second one, but Lewis G asks, what game soundtrack, once you figured out how it's played, delighted you in its simplicity? Ooh, delighted me in its simplicity. Yeah. Like maybe something that was on the surface complex, but once you got into it, it's like, oh, it's such a simple matter of such and such and such. And it rules. (laughs) And it rules. (laughs) I get that a lot. Uh, a fair amount, but usually in a way that pisses me off, where I think like, oh, I'll do a video on this soundtrack, this will be so cool, and then I transcribe a bunch of the music and start looking at it and realize like, there's nothing really that interesting to talk about in here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, damn it! Wah, wah. But uh, I, I really like, there's uh, I just did a video on it, this is my, my latest video, but the part-time UFO soundtrack was so... It was delightful is the perfect word for it because every tune is just really short and really cute and all the levels are these silly locations of like you're at a circus and then now you're at a high school and then now you're at a whatever fancy restaurant and now you're at whatever a farm and so all the music really plays into these kind of like stereotypical like you know fancy restaurant okay let's go fancy restaurant mode but the thing that's cool is that they all have the exact same melody and and for the most part the same chord progression so it's like you get to see this exact same tune get transformed to like fit now it sounds like you're at a high school now it sounds like circus music now it sounds oh. like you know you're sailing on the ocean but That's it's nice. all the exact same yeah. like you know yeah. nuts and bolts so that was really fun that was a cute little soundtrack and for the list for the listeners uh the part-time ufo uh soundtrack video is the most recent one if you want to go to 8-bit music theories uh youtube page it'll be the first one on the upload category that you can find if you want to check that out good yeah. good job alex really good job <laughs> gotta 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 promote this stuff man you do. if i don't do it who will thank you i mean not much. you obviously oh, well, give me a second <laughs> just give me a second i'm getting there but honestly i think i think that's going to wrap us up man i i think this was one of my favorite interviews just because your channel i can learn so much from i thought I knew everything I needed to know about Mario music, and then I watched your video, and I'm like, "There's a whole, there's so much I don't know about music." <laughs> it's, it's 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 a classic case of like you don't know what you don't know, and because you don't know the right questions to ask, right? It's right. kind of a weird yeah. little logic loop there, you, but you unlock. Yeah, no, it's music Narnia yeah, exactly. for me. Like, there's, it's just that there's so much more about music. I'm so excited. So thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, it's been great. And thanks so much for reaching out and 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 having me again this is super fun um yeah i'm glad i'm glad if anyone can find music theory more interesting than how (laughs) you would think it would be through my channel that's all that's all i want in life so that's great well that's what it's all about really and um the, the fact that you're bringing so much attention to this video game music especially the older stuff is is major i think because like you said 
it got glossed over back in the day and so many people now are coming back like oh yeah that song oh yeah Mega Man 2 oh right, so yeah, many yeah, yeah. it's like a freaking metal album basically <laughs> this whole soundtrack <laughs> totally. it just rocks it's like but yeah no and and you're helping bringing that to the forefront you are you are the leading company of 8-bit <laughs> music theory. How about that, huh? Wow, that was impressive. high praise. The highest praise I could ever ask for. <laughs> highest praise. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, right, thank man. you guys again for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And you, it's fantastic. Fantastic. All right, everyone. That's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Sorry we're slow in getting back to those, but please send them anyway. Head on over to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts. We have Tales of the Lesser Medium, PD's Power Hour, Polykill, Indie Quest, and maybe more someday. Who knows? Hey, we're not that f- we're not that slow anymore with emails. We're up to March twenty first. We are catching so up. We're dangerously we're, close to catching up. So send them more. We're emails. only like three weeks behind now. So <laughs> <laughs> we're doing great. All right. Uh, I lost the sheet. Oh, if you're not interested in sending an email, that's no big deal. Just give us a rating and a review on the podcast app of your choice, even if it's Spotify, and that'll help us out big time. Big time. I don't think you can rate things on Spotify, but Alex would Try. know that, would he? He wouldn't you know. never know till you try. You can find us all on social media on Twitter. I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at SNES Drunk. And you can find 8 Bit Music Theory at 8 Bit Music Theory. Whoa. And as always, the music you heard in the beginning and can hear right now is composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout Podcast page. Shout out to Josh Leslie. Josh, Josh Leslie, your name is hard to say. Shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst-quenching logo. Get a new name, Josh. That one sucks. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Your name's fine, Josh.